There are 256 verses in the first nine chapters of Proverbs that lead into the approximately 160 wise sayings, which means that it's a much larger section of Proverbs that is the, the prelude to help us to understand why we need these wise sayings and why we should seek wisdom in them. And so every week we've been looking at these first nine chapters of Proverbs that give us the call of wisdom and the promise of its reward and how those who capture wisdom receive peace and joy and even transformative power and warnings that sin and deception are always a threat, that there is an allure, an appealing sense to sin and to folly and to thinking that we have the answers apart from God. There's warnings against unfaithfulness. As a matter of fact, almost a quarter of these first nine chapters are devoted to warning us against unfaithfulness, specifically in marriage. And all of this is leading us into our, what we know of is these wise sayings of Proverbs that promise to grant us wisdom if we will seek it. And so we find ourselves today in Proverbs chapter 8. And after this presentation that has been given in chapters 5, 6, and 7 that's warning us against unfaithfulness and unfaithfulness in marriage, and one of the key characters in those chapters was the evil lady. The evil lady that leads into sin and deception. And we talked about how that is a character that Solomon uses that is kind of the anti-character to lady wisdom who is upheld in Proverbs as someone who is desirable and that we should seek after. And so we're back in chapter 8 with Lady Wisdom calling out to us, standing and raising her voice to all people everywhere to come and learn her ways. And that's what chapter 8 picks up on. So if you will this morning, let's look at in your notes this life truth. If you're a note taker, you can fill these in. Wisdom, with its blessings and its strength, and if you want to, above that line where you wrote strength, you can write power because you can translate that word either way. It's coming from the text in chapter 8. Wisdom, with its blessings and its strength or its power, is given to all who love the Lord enough to take His instructions for their life. I think that is not only the life truth for today, I think that's a good summary statement for all of Proverbs, that wisdom, which is accompanied by blessings and strength for your life or power to your life, it's given to everyone, all people everywhere who love the Lord enough to look to Him and ask Him, instruct me, lead me and guide me. 
And some of the verses that we didn't read this morning in chapter 8, I'll, I'll draw your attention there. Verses 13 through 18 in Proverbs 8. This lady wisdom is talking and she says, The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. Pride and arrogance in the way of evil and perverted speech I hate. I have counsel and sound wisdom. I have insight. I have strength or power. By me, kings reign and rulers decree what is just. By me, princes rule and nobles, all who govern justly. I love those who love me. And those who seek me diligently find me. Riches and honor are with me. Enduring wealth and righteousness. Wisdom is again tied to the fear of the Lord. We see this throughout Proverbs. We talked about this week one. That the fear of the Lord is this inner conviction that you have to seek God and to submit to what He says. Because you believe that God is the judge of the universe, including your own life. And, and, and that from that seeking after God and finding God and submitting to God, you find yourself eagerly desiring to please Him and be instructed by Him, and you begin to grow in your knowledge that God cares for you, that He loves you, that He wants what's best for your life, which is to know Him and honor Him and serve Him. That's the fear of the Lord. And Lady Wisdom goes on to say that she hates pride and arrogance in the way of evil. She hates the idea, the ideology that you don't need God because you can be your own God. Because you're wise on your own. She hates that idea. She hates speech that is from that type of heart. The type of speech that opposes God and His ways. And she goes on to say that she has counsel. And she has insight. And she has strength for you. She says it is the kind of counsel and insight and strength that if you can find the wisest earthly kings who have ever lived, that have governed justly over nations, over people, if you can see throughout the history of man, wise kings, wise leaders, then the wisdom that they governed by is the same wisdom that she grants to you for your life. She has the counsel you need when you don't know where to go and what to do. She has the insight you need when you don't understand. She has the strength you need when you are weak. So come to her and receive. That's the call of wisdom. And in verse 17, Lady Wisdom says, I love those who love me. Those who, who not only seek after wisdom, not because of responsibility, because they know they have to, but they love the idea that the God of the universe would instruct them on what to do. They love the idea 
of having the strength of the wisdom of God, in spite of the fact that that is very likely to be opposed to their own thoughts and natural desires and tendencies. And Lady Wisdom says, I love those people, and I will love them, and I will honor them with my instructions and with my wisdom. And if they diligently seek me, they will find me. This answers the question, are you sure? Are you sure that that that, that will come to me? Are you sure that I can be that wise? Are you sure wisdom will be poured out to me? And the promise is there. You seek wisdom diligently, you will have it. Lock it in. Solid promise from the Lord, it will be yours. Nothing you have done will exempt you from that. No deficiency that you have in your life will exempt you from that. You will have the wisdom of the Lord if you will seek it. This is the same that James tells us in this opening passage of Scripture that that Nick read for us this morning. James says, if any of you lack wisdom, which is kind of funny because all of us do, but if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God. Simple as that. What do I do if I lack, lack wisdom? Ask God. Ask God for wisdom. Will God give it? James says, he gives generously to all without reproach. Which means God doesn't roll his eyes and say, you're here again? Haven't we already been through this? Haven't you already asked me about this? You're coming back again for more? God doesn't do that. Your whole life, If you seek God and ask Him for wisdom, He will generously give it. Which tells me, not just what you need, but more than you need. More than you think you need in that moment. He generously gives wisdom to all without reproach. And it will be given to Him. But, church, ask in faith. With no doubting. I don't think James is calling us there to the type of perfect faith that means we never doubt I think what James is talking about there is the type of doubting that would cause you to waver between the wisdom of self and the wisdom of God, the wisdom of the world and the wisdom of God, where you would go before God and say, God, give me wisdom, and he gives it, and then you say, ah, yeah, but is that really the right thing for me to do? Is that, is that really what I need to do in this situation? I know what he said, but, but is that really going to work here? Is that really going to work for me? I don't know. Maybe, maybe, yeah, he says there's wisdom in community, but, but maybe I just need to pull back. Maybe that works for everybody else, but I don't really feel like it works for me. See, that's going back and forth between two opinions. And James says, if, if that's how you live, then you're like a wave when you go to the ocean that goes in the direction the wind blows. And and you really shouldn't expect to receive anything from God because you can only serve one master, not two. One. So love God, trust God, ask God for wisdom. He will give wisdom. Trust Him. Even when it's opposed to how you would do things. Now my hope in this series is that we would walk out of this series really desiring wisdom. That God would just prick our hearts in the midst of this and it would just be in our minds, I 
need wisdom and I want it. Some of the themes that God is leading us to, He's leading us to over and over. Like we're, we're, we're kind of reading some of the same things. That's important because we're liable to forget. We need to be stirred up by reminder. We need to hear things over and over until it gets in our heart. I want us to desire wisdom. I want us to believe. I want you to believe that God will give it to you if you ask. That it is not just this ideology or this thought that you can't grasp, but God will give you wisdom if you ask Him. You may not see Him at the end of your bed with a flaming sword saying, this is what you do, but He will break through to you. And He will give you wisdom and you will know it's from Him. And it will be in line with His Word. I want us to desire wisdom and believe that God will give it. And, And I just want that to become our way of life. That agape is a wise church filled with wise people. Not because we are better than anyone else. Not because we've, you know, we all got theology degrees or something like that. But because we are a people desperate for God and His wisdom. And we believe that He gives it when we ask. And so we do. And that when people come into this community of believers, they would be immersed into a church that is wise. And that all the attributes and characteristics and actions of wisdom and wise people would exist here. And I know that will never be in perfection. But I do believe we can gain and grow in it. If we put our hearts to it, I believe that because He promises it. So imagine a church desperate for wisdom, always seeking wisdom, individually and corporately. I don't want us to get to the end of Proverbs and just walk away and say, okay, that was our series, what's next? I want this to be ingrained in us by the power of the Spirit. That's what I'm asking for. But I do know that even as we ask, that to gain wisdom requires something of us. It requires something of us. There's a particular type of asking that we do. And it is praying, but it is the type of asking that also seeks. So we seek as we ask, and that seeking looks very particular. So in your notes, to gain wisdom, you and I must be disciplined. You and I must be disciplined in order to gain wisdom. In your Bible or or your copy of the word that you're using this morning, look at Proverbs 8 and look at verses 32 through 34. Lady Wisdom still talking. She says, And now, O sons, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise. And do not neglect it. Blessed is the one who listens to me watching daily at my gates, waiting beside my doors. So I want you to look at the action words there for someone who's seeking wisdom. One, hear. Hear my instruction. That requires seeking to hear. Be wise. Of course, all of this is around how we are to be wise. So hear and do not neglect it. So do not neglect seeking after wisdom. Do not neglect hearing 
God speak in His instructions. In verse 34, listen, listen to me. So the same idea, the same principle there. To hear, you must listen, you must give an ear. Not just putting yourself in a place to hear someone speaking, like you're doing right now, but listening as well. Not just reading a chapter of the Bible to be able to say, okay, I read that chapter, but actually listening to what it says. Watching daily at my gates. The prayer for wisdom is not a one-time prayer. If Lady Wisdom is, is behind a city wall and she comes out routinely to grant wisdom to those who are there and who are listening, like it's daily going to her gates. Daily going there to seek after wisdom. This is daily pursuing God. Waiting beside my doors. Waiting for the answer. Not moving ahead. If you're praying about something, and you're asking God for wisdom, and you don't, you don't yet know the way to go, and you don't yet have to make a decision, then wait. If you have to make a decision that moment then you can be assured He's given you what you need if you've asked for it. So make the best decision you can. But if you don't yet have to make a decision and you don't feel like you yet have direction, wait. Because to move ahead and not yet feel like you know the direction God is telling you to go is to move ahead of that wisdom. Watch daily and wait. These are all action words for people who are asking and seeking we must be disciplined to do these things. I, I am, my personality type, I don't even know what my personality type is. Uh, ask Nick, he can tell you. I, I, I don't know, but I'll say this. I am of the personality that the moment I know there's a problem, the first thing I do, like I immediately go into, okay, I got to plan this out. Here, here's what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to fix it. And like, it is training for me. It is discipline for me to step back and say, Okay, i got to wait. I need to pray. I need to seek God. I need to ask Him what to do. I don't need to make a decision yet. Some of you, as a pastor, like I'm having to learn when to come and say something and when to back up and wait. And some of you probably got caught up in the fact that I didn't wait long enough. Some of you may have been caught up in the fact that I waited too long. I'm learning that. My personality is fix it and go. So I have to train myself otherwise based on wisdom. All of us have personality types. All of us find ourselves, when we, when we face problems, we face issues, like our normative way that we deal with that. Some of us, we're, we don't have any issues being slow to speak, because our issue is we don't speak up when we need to sometimes. And we got to train ourselves to that. Some of you, we don't even, that, that doesn't sound familiar at all. The issue is, oh, yes, once again, for the fifth dozen time, the Proverbs has told me, be slow to speak. i got to train myself to that. I don't need to type that text and hit send. I need to type it back away, come back later, see if that's really what I want to send. We have to train ourselves for these things. Much like Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 4, 7, train yourselves 
for godliness. He says, have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Train yourself for godliness. Now, that doesn't mean that you and I cause our growth spiritually. We don't. Sanctification is the work of the Holy Spirit. Christ in us, God in us, is who grows us spiritually. But what it does mean is that God has ordained you and I that we must train ourselves and discipline ourselves, and He works through that training and that discipline that we grow. Now, He'll work apart from it, but I will say we probably find out that's a lot harder. But we train ourselves and we discipline ourselves so that we can grow in godliness, so that we can take in our instructions that God is giving us. Hear, listen, don't neglect, watch daily, wait. It's going to require something of us to be wise people. It's going to require something of us to be diligent to seek after wisdom. And I I hope in, in this series we learn that and we start putting things into practice, training ourselves for wisdom. In your notes, we need to train ourselves to increase in knowledge. I want to use some of the terms that have been used in Proverbs so far to help us understand what this discipline should look like. And three in particular terms are used throughout Proverbs. The first one is train yourself to increase in knowledge. Specifically, of course, the knowledge of God. All of your Christian life, you should be studying God. It's called theology. The study of the Lord. The study of God. All of your Christian life, you become a Christian when you're six or when you're 60, your entire Christian life should be seeking after increasing knowing God. One day you're going to stand before Jesus. Your goal now is to learn Jesus so that that day when you stand before Him, He is not an unknown God to you. But the God that you have studied your whole life, that you have known your whole Christian life, that has met with you at night, in the morning, throughout your day, that God is standing before you and you will know Him because you've studied Him, because you're increasing in knowledge of Him and His ways. Proverbs 1.5 told us that. Let the wise hear and increase in learning. So you and I should be putting ourselves in positions to learn more about God. Certainly reading His Word and studying it, learning tools of what will help us study. Putting ourselves in places to be under those who teach His Word so we can learn from them. Our generation, the generation we're living in now, we will not have the excuse of limited resources. There's a lot of junk resources out there, but there's a lot of good out there that we can grab a hold of and learn from. And our goal in wisdom should be to increase in our learning. We should know more about Christ now than when we came to know Him, or we should know more about Him in the weeks, months, and years ahead than we do right now. So we should train ourselves to increase in knowledge. Secondly, we should train ourselves to seek out understanding. We should train ourselves to seek out understanding. Understanding is going deeper in the things that we know. And this is used throughout Proverbs. 
Some of us in this room, we've been Christians for a while. There are passages of the Bible that we know. You might could even recite them. But if someone gives you at least a couple of words, you know what it is. Or you do that thing where, where we say, wait, okay, I, I know the Bible says this, and we can rattle off a good portion of that verse, and then we can go find it, right? Because we know it's in there. Some of us have knowledge of the Word and, and passages we're very familiar with. And there are so, there's so much depth of understanding to still be mined out of those passages. And we should seek to increase in our understanding of what those passages mean. We should never look at a passage of the Bible or a book of the Bible or a verse of the Bible and say, okay, I got that one, now let me move on to something else. You don't have that one. Now, I'm not saying stay on that one verse the rest of your life, but I'm saying like there's always something to learn. I don't have any intentions to reteach, you know, Proverbs next year or, you know, we can name some other, um, you know, book that we've went through. But if we did that and we were really seeking and, and studying, we would learn things that we didn't learn now. I would also say that we should not just build our theology and what we believe on simply what we've been told by others. There are probably certain beliefs that you have about the Christian faith that you believe that didn't come from your own deep study and understanding and seeking and asking questions, but they came because you just grew up around that. I'll give you an example. This will be a bit of a dropping a, 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 a mine out here and just hoping no one steps on it, but it's a good example, I think. So this may be a little dangerous, but I will say this. A large portion of the Christian church believes what they believe about the end times and what will happen in the end times because of the cultural understanding that they've grown up around. Now, I'm not telling you I understand exactly what's going to happen. I actually don't. I thought I did for a very long time, but I came to the realization that, you know what, I don't know that I've really studied that. I don't know that I've really arrived at my conclusions based on deep study of the Word. The things that I believed about that, I believed about that because that's just what I was always told. That's what's going, how that's, that's how it's going to be. I'll stop there. That's probably a big enough landmine. But I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm using it as an example, okay? We should want to deepen our understanding of the Word. What you believe today about the cross, you should deepen in your understanding of the cross. What you know today about grace, you should deepen in your understanding of grace. What you know about holiness, what you know about communion, you should seek to deepen your understanding of those things. And then finally, train yourself to apply discernment. We train to increase in knowledge, to seek out understanding, and to apply discernment. Applying discernment. This is applying God's instructions and His principles to our daily life so that we please Him. I don't want to just fly through this one. I spent more time on the last one than I intended. But training yourself to apply discernment means you've got to stop and you've got to ask questions. It, applying discernment is often what's good, what's evil. 
I need to stop and think about this. Is this good according to God's Word or evil according to His Word? But let me tell you what it's most often. It's most often trying to figure out what is pleasing or not pleasing. If you live your Christian life just trying to figure out, does the Bible say I can't do this? Is there a passage, is there a verse that says, I don't need to do that? If that's the way that we live, then we completely skip over this idea in the Christian life in which we need to ask, does this please God? Not do I have permission, but does it please God? What would please Him in this situation for me to say? What would please Him for me to do? What would please Him? How should I act in order to please God here? Not can I, but should I? That's applying discernment. The fear of the Lord is instruction and wisdom, Proverbs 15 says. In verse 33 it says, humility comes before honor. A good diagnostic question is, do I fear God? Enough to take in His instructions, even when those instructions would go against what I want to do, or how I want to behave, or how I want to think. That's a good question for us. Do I fear God? Do I want to please Him, even if, even if what would please Him is not what would please me? So we need to train ourselves in these things. To increase in knowledge, to seek out understanding, to apply discernment, And these are individual instructions, and they are also community instructions. Every single one of these things, we could go back through and we could preach through them a second time, and we could talk about how the community of God is supposed to help us in those things. And we won't do that, but know that these are your instructions, but these are to be done within the community as well. Somehow, the community of faith helps you in all three of these. So Lady Wisdom cries out in Proverbs 8, And she says, come and watch daily at my gates. And as has been the pattern throughout Proverbs, she tells you of her value. She reminds you how valuable she is, that wisdom is an attribute of God. And it is valuable. And she does something that she has not yet done. And of course, we're talking in metaphors or or what have you. But this is what Solomon is doing. He's writing these character types in. Ultimately, this is God through Solomon. And he's writing in a poetic way. But what Lady Wisdom, what Solomon says to us is that wisdom is an attribute of God that he possessed at the very beginning of time as we know it. Lady Wisdom says in verse 22, The Lord possessed me at the beginning of His work and the first of His acts of old. She goes on to say in verse 23 that wisdom was set up before the beginning of the earth. That's really important to understand because here's the thing. All of the earth claims wisdom. All of mankind claims wisdom. We're not the only group on the earth that is saying we want wisdom, we want to be wise. But the wisdom that is available to us, the wisdom that we are talking about seeking after is divine wisdom that existed before human society ever existed. That's why Lady Wisdom says in verse 6 and 7 of chapter 8, I will speak noble things and from my lips will come what is right and my mouth will utter truth. Wisdom 
in the Bible, divine wisdom makes this claim because she is from old. No human society can have wisdom that surpasses the wisdom of God because the wisdom of God existed before any human society ever did. That's the case that she's making. And even greater than that, I want you to know, and I want myself to understand this as well, but that God offers to let the wisdom that He used to create the world live in you. He offers to let the wisdom that He used to bring order to creation live in you. That's the offer that is made. Think of that strength. Talk about a strong life. A strong life is a wise life, the type of life that has the wisdom of God in it, in which He formed the earth. So in your notes, the strength of wisdom. This is the value of wisdom that that Lady Wisdom is speaking to us and saying, here is why you should seek after me. The strength of wisdom. Wisdom brings forth life. Wisdom brings forth life. And she makes the case, Solomon makes the case, using her as a character type, that wisdom was with God in the beginning and He created the world in wisdom. Everything that you see around you in creation is a demonstration of the power of God's wisdom. Everything that you see around you in the created world is a demonstration of the wisdom of God. We are in June. Let me tell you my favorite thing about June. We're one month closer to fall. Okay, that is my favorite thing about June. The older I get, the more I love fall and winter. I know some of you don't like the cold, but I, I do. But the, 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 the more I dislike summer. But the changing of seasons is the wisdom of God. Every year. Every year. The leaves know when to start falling. Every year the air knows when to get cool. Every year, life on the earth, the nature knows when to go dormant. And it knows when to spring back to life a few months later. It is the wisdom of God and the power of God. And that wisdom is offered to you. It is the wisdom of God that brings you forth as a new creation in Christ. It is the wisdom of God that gives you life in those areas of your, of your life in which you think those things are dead and unusable and wisdom gives life. Wisdom establishes purpose. Wisdom brings forth life. It establishes purpose. The Lord made everything for its purpose. That's what Proverbs 16.4 told us. So God, when He created everything, He created everything with a purpose. Everything in His creation has a purpose. Certainly that is true of us. Wisdom is what gives your life purpose. If you feel your life lacks purpose, if you don't know what the purpose of your life is, a good place to start is seeking after the wisdom of God. Because wisdom gives purpose. We please God living wisely, that's worship, but we serve God in wisdom as well, and that is our purpose. And wisdom knows the purpose of man. And wisdom knows how to lead you in your life, wisdom knows how to redeem the hard things that have happened. 
The things that you don't know how to overcome, the things that you don't understand what the meaning of those things even is. Wisdom knows how to redeem those things in your life. So seek after wisdom. And then finally, the strength of wisdom is wisdom makes order from chaos. Again, wisdom was with God in the beginning. Genesis 1-2 says, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And to that formless, dark void, God said, Let there be light. God makes order from chaos, and wisdom was His companion. God takes what is formless and empty and dark and He redeems it in the light and He does that for us in our life. Our world is chaotic. Our lives are chaotic. And wisdom knows how to bring order to chaos. Wisdom knows how to order your life so that it works. It may not work or go the way that you want it to, or the way that I want it to, but wisdom knows how to bring order to your chaotic life so that it works. These are all very practical strengths of wisdom. And it is presented to us as why we should value it. Now, it needs to be said that chapter 8 of Proverbs speaks of wisdom like a living entity. We've been calling her Lady Wisdom, but many people have seen the very personality of Jesus in Proverbs 8. Because if you think about Jesus as the wisdom of God and you read some of these passages, you can see Jesus in these passages. I will tell you that there were actually sects in Christianity, sections of Christianity that would do, uh, or that came up with heresies revolving, heresies surrounding Jesus based on Proverbs 8. Because Proverbs 8 talks about how God brought forth wisdom and they assumed that this is Jesus that was being spoken of here, they meant, they thought it meant God brought forth Jesus. So Jesus was created or he was born. And so there were these groups of people that taught that, heresies throughout time. We know that's not the case, that Jesus was not created. Jesus was not brought forth by God in terms of creation. But I do believe that we can see Jesus in Proverbs 8. I believe at least what is being spoken of here is a foreshadowing of Christ if you compare it to Colossians 1. Because in Colossians 1, we are told that Jesus is the image of the invisible God the firstborn of all creation. For by Him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through Him and for Him. And He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. So you read that and you compare that to Proverbs 8, and I think it is clear at least that this poetry of Solomon was pointing us toward and foreshadowing our understanding that would one day come of Jesus Christ Himself. It is appropriate to think of wisdom as being tied to God's Word, 
which is living and active. And therefore, it is appropriate to tie wisdom to the Word that became flesh, Jesus Himself. Wisdom will always bring you to Jesus. And Jesus will always give to you wisdom. Those things are tied together. And so let's look at the last two verses in Proverbs 8. Verse 35 and verse 36, but let's apply them to Jesus. For whoever finds Jesus, finds life, and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who fails to find Jesus, injures himself. All who hate Jesus, love death. Because all who die apart from Jesus are destined for destruction. Wisdom will always bring you to Christ. And Jesus is always willing to pour His wisdom out to you who are willing to be disciplined to seek it. So I want to ask the worship team if they would come up. And as they do, I want to call your attention to our prayer focus for this week from 1 Timothy 4-7, the passage we mentioned earlier. That passage that says, have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths, but rather train yourself for godliness. I'll say what I said earlier. The type of asking that we are to do in order to seek after wisdom is not merely verbal, but it is a seeking with our life. To use the ways that God has ordained for us to increase in knowledge and increase in understanding and to apply discernment and to use those things in order to seek after the wisdom of God. And He promises to give it to us. So I want us to ask God this week and even this morning that the Lord will help us to desire wisdom like we do riches. Even more so than we do riches. And that God would help us to be a disciplined people who are training themselves to learn and to understand and apply His Word. And yes, it's hard. When Paul talked about this training, he said it's kind of like physical training, a little bit. And he says that actually has some value for you. If you want to be physically well, you have to discipline yourself. Times where you need to watch what you eat, how much sleep you get exercise. He says that has some benefit to it. And if you've ever tried to do that, it's hard. But then he says spiritual training has far more value. Far more value. But he ties those two together. And yes, it's hard. It's hard to train yourself to seek after God and to do the things that pleases Him. But he promises to help you And He places you inside of a community of believers where we would all encourage and exhort and help one another. This morning I want to ask if our prayer partners will come up to my left. group of people who are here to pray for you this morning if you need prayer. Maybe if you are bold and willing this morning and you have a need to confess sin or confess conviction that God is laying on you and you want some people to encourage you in that through prayer 
Maybe if you struggle with discipline, the reality is most every one of us do. If you're in a time where you're in particular struggling with that and you want some people to pray with you, or it may be that you just want to spend this time praying to God on your own, and that's okay too. But I want us to ask God to help us to be a church disciplined for godliness, disciplined to seek after wisdom, and that we would be a wise church. If there's anything else that you need to be prayed for, that we haven't talked about this morning, but that God has laid on your heart. It takes sometimes a step of boldness, a step of faith to, to be vulnerable and ask for prayer. But I do think God uses that. I think He's ordained it for our good. So Father, this morning we ask that You would make Agape a wise church. God, not that we would be proud in our wisdom or not so we could seek to be greater than another church in our community. Your word says, honor comes after humility. I want us to be a church that humbles itself before you, God, and confesses our need for wisdom. That seeks to increase in our learning and our understanding of the Bible. And looks in everything, God, to say, what is pleasing to you? What pleases God? God, I want us to be a church that pleases you in our hearts. I want to be a man that pleases you with what I do and how I think. And I know so much of my life I don't. I want to be a wise person. And I want this church to be filled with people who desire wisdom and are seeking it. And I know, God, we will find it based on your word. So, God, would you help us? Where discipline and training is our issue, strengthen us in our humanity. That the bold declarations and the plans that we make would be established by your spirit. God, where desire is the problem, fill our hearts with a longing for your wisdom that created the world, that that wisdom would live in us and establish in us life and order and purpose. We can't give ourselves that desire, God. Only you can. God, if there's anyone here this morning that, that doesn't know Jesus, would you let today be the day of their salvation? Where they come to Christ and in Him they find the wisdom of God. If there's anyone here who have wandered from Jesus and right now they are trapped and enslaved and maybe no one knows it but them, would you release them and deliver them today that they may live in wisdom? And whatever is needed to happen, God, to affirm that and help that process, if it is kneeling, if it is crying out, if it is coming to be prayed for, Give us the courage to take the steps that we need to respond to your word. As we do, God, please work miracles among us. In Jesus' name, amen.